0: Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Greg Brooks, the CMO and partner at Search Tides, which is an SEO agency at the forefront of digital marketing. Now, Greg reckons he's pretty much worked out how Google ranks a website. So listen up for that. Plus, there's going to be lots of AI chat. Uh, You can connect with Greg using the links in the show notes. Subscribe if you enjoy the pod. Let's get to it.
1: Hey, Greg. Hey, how are you,
0: John? I'm not bad. How are you doing? Thanks for thanks for doing this. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Having a wonderful morning so far. Yeah, it's good. it's been a good time. Well,
0: I'm having a good afternoon because about ten minutes ago a brand new I know you gotta laugh, a brand new record player turned up at the door. Wow. So it's gonna be kind of like let's talk about Google five minutes and I'm off to set up the new record player. So
1: That's lovely. What's the first what's the first piece of vinyl that's going on it? not sure yet
0: i haven't decided yet it's either going to be something like dream theater which is like pretty heavy or um it's going to be something old school like a bit of bob dylan or something i don't know
1: oh well you'll have to you'll have to <laughs> let me and The absolutely curious audience know also.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to be talking about Google, about how Google kind of like ranks a website. And if we know, Mm. kind of, no, I suppose, well, do we know for sure or or, all this sort of thing? We'll chat about this. Um, So so let me give you 30 seconds. Just tell everybody who you are, what you do. um, Go for it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. So my name is Greg Brooks. I'm CMO and partner at Search Tides. Search Tides is a hub for all things SEO, organic search, um, AI algorithm models as they pertain to search. And we have uh, we've been in business for like 12 years. I'm pretty sure, maybe 13 years or 14 or something like that. And we've we have people on our team who have been. Optimizing against search algorithms for almost 20 years now. And, uh, and we've recently decided we're going to share a lot of the secrets and insights that we previously held internally with the rest of the world. So if people like hearing about secrets, they can go to our website, Search Tides, they can follow us on LinkedIn, they can follow us on YouTube. Um, but I'll earn that hopefully on the rest of this conversation. It's kind of like the
0: holy grail of the internet, isn't it? How Google works. And like, you kind of figure it out, like we figured it out like in the 2000s, didn't we? And I was saying just before we started, I ran like a whole <laughs> bunch of affiliate sites back in the 2000s. It was like printing money, it was fantastic. And then suddenly overnight, Google changes something and, and you literally wiped out overnight. Um, do we do we really know how Google ranks a website?
1: It's a great question. Um, we we well I think that I can't speak for everyone but I know that at search sites we understand how people how Google ranks a website and the reason why we understand that is because we're part of groups that are crawling tens of millions of search results pages and taking websites and turning them into Characteristics and traits that are based off of these things called ranking factors, which is not a term that we've made up. Every algorithm is one that is based off of factors, whether it's a chat GPT or whether it's an algorithm that tells you to buy a stock or whether it's Google deciding which website to put at the top. And for Google specifically, these ranking factors are based off of things that we know in SEO, how strong a website is, the domain, something that's link-based, the overall quality of the content, um, how well optimized the website is for technical issues. And so these aren't esoteric ideas or topics, but... When you get to okay, great for this particular search query, how do I win, and what do I need to in order to win? Then it gets very zoomed in and, and it gets very precise.
0: Yeah, because the, it's it's the Google algorithm thing is, is kind of like a little bit like the KFC recipe, isn't it? I, I would imagine it's it's hidden. Mind you, the KFC recipe is probably just salt, to be fair. Fair, because I mean, you feel like drinking a fish tank after you've had a bucket of chicken, but um.
1: Uh, and finger looking goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but so what
0: are you doing? Are you kind of like reverse engin- are you trying to reverse engineer Google in a way?
1: Yeah, I would say that we've pretty successfully reverse engineered Google. And that's simply just from doing such like a statistically significant amount of, of research. I think the most interesting data comes after these really big algorithm updates because when you're running these polls, you wind up having the before. And then an algorithm update happens. Everybody goes, what's going on? And then you run them again. And now all of a sudden you have the after. And so, for example, there were some popular updates that happened that we saw happening. in. it's a new year, so I got to make sure I got my years right, that we saw happening in late 2022, that we started taking lots of actions on in early 2023, that resulted in a major algorithm update in September and October of 2023 that we saw a lot of our sites for example like double and triple their traffic because we were looking at this data really early and we said these are what new trends are going to be coming and let's completely redo a lot of stuff about how things were written on a website and and how we talked about ourselves on different websites and that resulted in us getting paid off but Ultimately, it is this game of everlasting adjustments. And I think the attitude that's most helpful is to have one of like, you where you are today doesn't earn where you will be tomorrow, you have to go out and make that happen every day, every week, every month. And so just Having a really good strategy today is cool and it's great. How do we also have a really good strategy tomorrow and in the future? And how do we build things in a way that are sustainable so that we don't wake up one day and all of the traffic to the website is gone and so on and so forth? Yeah.
0: How do we work out what to spend our time on? Because, I mean, if we're a, like a, just a content marketer or a marketing agency or something, I mean, I see a lot of them and they still spend time. And all they're doing really is title tags, description tags, keywords. in. Uh, and it's, it, we've been doing this since 1996. There's, there's, is that where we should be spending our time? Or, or, or is there other stuff that's more meaningful? And should we just write the content, let the content do what it does and work on other things that are more important?
1: Well, that's a great question. I think the answer is it depends, but I can give you the it depends part of it so i can I could take you a little bit into the into the actual answer, John. but um the best way to look at a website is its relative strength and positioning to another website and basically to the other players in the space. So if you are in a similar amount of website power, domain authority, domain rating, if you have a similar amount of pages, if you have the similar capabilities in terms of content production, you can take a very apples to apples strategy. If you're not, that's when the commentary about what's the best use of my time comes into play. Because then it's like, you could be doing something in a different channel that actually makes way more sense for you because it scales more quickly or because your competitors are just so far away that you don't want to go on a multi-year path, even if there is this giant pot of gold at the end of the, at the end of the rainbow. So I think that's the first layer of considerations. The second is kind of just like what you are trying to accomplish on the site. So for us, We think of SEO as a triangle, where on the bottom, it's three layers. On the bottom layer, there's something called the foundational layer of SEO. And that's all the stuff that we all know. Optimizations, page titles, title tags, all that sort of stuff. Probably everybody good is doing that. So that's almost your like minimum threshold to playing the game. And then the layer above that, which is the layer that we feel we're at currently, we're calling it the influence layer of SEO. And that's when things like expertise, experience, authoritativeness, trustworthiness, EEAT, that stuff comes into play. Um, And what we're seeing happen right now is this intersection with AI and the ability to have content created. And you can have one group of persons say, well, this AI creates content. And it's not the same as if a person creates content today. And my argument to that is like, cool, what does GPT-7 look like? What does GPT-10 look like? So the answer is it's coming. (laughs) It's just a matter of when. And so the future is what we actually are referring to as the human layer of SEO. And that is how how can we speak to our humanity in the content that we are creating because we shouldn't try to compete in being a Rolodex of information or research. That's what a GPT model is better than a human being at. So why go there? Lean into the humanity that we have. And I'll give you a specific example of what that means. At Search Tides, we use a lot of terms like experience and expertise. And so if I have a prescription from a doctor and I go into the pharmacist and I say, hey, here's my prescription, can you fill it? The pharmacist might say to me, yes, totally, but also there's this generic version that costs 10%. It does the same thing, it works the same way. The pharmacist is using their expertise to give me advice to help me change my behavior. I can go back to the same pharmacist and say, hey, I have this prescription, can you, fix, can you fill it for me? And the pharmacist says, you know what? Every time I get this prescription from someone, they, they use this thing and it doesn't work at all. And then they come back and I give them this other thing and it works perfectly for them. So just get this other thing now. The pharmacist is using their experience mm. to provide a recommendation. And those elements are both human in nature and they're based off of the human existence. And that's the type of content that's gonna perform in the future. And writing from that perspective and combining it with thoroughness is the winning formula
0: you see that's where i think a lot of folk have the hardest trouble is demonstrating experience and authority and trust and these things within the content they were writing because it's not easy is it
1: it's not easy because you can't fake it What Google is Mm. doing and what every LLM is doing in the future is they are, they are going to solve for the right response and like they're going to serve, they're going to solve for the most deserving response. So can you create the most deserving response? If not, you shouldn't be the one you don't deserve to be there. So this idea that we could be a Jack of all trades with, with um, recommendations on the internet, that is, I mean, it's an idea. You can believe it if you want. It's just not one that I think has a lot of long-term viability. And what you're seeing a lot of people react to right now is you're seeing the reality of that realization. And people are saying, well, my results are decreasing. And it's like, but you're actually what's happening is the bar is raising. And turns out you didn't, your stuff wasn't above the new bar. Yeah.
0: Do, do external links, backlinks, do they still play a part? I mean, it, I mean, are they still good for like building authority and trust in that?
1: In this environment, so number one right now, backlinking is just as important, if not more important, than everything else I just said. Because if you're not in the same realm in terms of power and authority and trust, which is a link-based system that Google still uses, um, and by the way, that GPT models will use, because GPT models, it's easy for you to say, I'm important and I'm right. You say that on your website, it's harder for that validation to occur. That happens off of your website. So GPT models exist in the same capacity. They're trying to validate the correctness of what you're saying, and they're going to go from not you to determine that. And that's, that's exactly what a link is. So as we believe at search sides, the cost of creating good content is going to zero. So what does that environment look like for links? The value of a high-quality link becomes way more important because it's actually way easier to do this other thing well. So now, doing this other thing well will have way more importance. And by the way, it already has a lot of importance. People just don't like to admit that because it's really hard to do high-quality link building. So people are like, well, maybe I don't need it. Okay, cool, you know, but... But in the future, yes, you need it. And also in the future, it's going to matter even more.
0: Yeah, it is the hardest the hardest thing, isn't it? You can't go out and just buy a ton of links like we all used to back in the 90s and 2000s and things like that. It just doesn't work anymore, does it really? Or does it?
1: <laughs> now you're asking the right questions. Mm. So the answer is everything is always about the zero sum nature of what's being done. And so if it is easy for everyone to do it, there is no advantage to being able to do it, which is also why strategies that are brutally effective one day stop being effective because everyone else has been able to do it. So the right framework to think of is a bar that keeps getting raised. And so like, what is the quality of link that will give you a positive result? That bar keeps getting raised. So can you do what you just described? Yeah, of course. Is there like a magic place that you can go that will get you that sort of stuff with that ever-increasing bar of quality that's required? You know, contact me at Search Tides if you find that.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, We've mentioned AI a couple of times and 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 like my opinion is at the moment it's, it's kind of like a bit of boilerplate content i mean if you use it you, mm. you really do need to edit it and, and make it your own I, I think um but then again on the other side i was thinking to myself a lot of the content the human written content is boilerplate content i mean it's you know it's it's like big it's like title image it's heading paragraph heading paragraph graph chart heading paragraph and oh it's just all the freaking same isn't it um so is yeah, AI? Yeah, wow, that's yeah, great. Yeah, is AI going to help us or or not? Do you think it, it, at the moment where we are now?
1: Totally, you've identified both parts really well, actually. Um, so that's very cool to hear that, John. To me, it's the same. So let me just pull the curtain back on what AI is. We've built. At searchlights, we started working with GPT models before like all this stuff became popular. There was a thing called DaVinci 3.0 that everybody was using, and that was one of the things that was kind of fueling ChatGPT. And then when ChatGPT 3.5 came out, everybody was like, wow, this AI stuff, it's crazy, it's new. AI is more synonymous with compute pow- power being utilized to predict words that it should respond with compared with, you know, as opposed to something that is learning on its own or something that is like developing on its own. When, when, when chat came out, everybody was like prompt engineering is going to be really important <laughs> in the future. And that was like a meme, ironically, like they're right. Prompt engineering is how AI acts today. So everything that you build with AI is based on a prompt. So, AI as it stands today, there's two things to talk about. Number 1 is everything is based off a prompt. What you don't see on ChatGPT is you don't see the page of an internal prompt that they are feeding this thing before your question. Yeah. And in the tools that we've built internally at SearchTides, you you we are what we are doing is we are literally programming and reprogramming a prompt over time to get to that state where it does give us exactly what we want. And part of that is the yes, do this instruction and an equal part of it is don't do it like this counter instructions. They typically tend to both be about like a half a page long of a book and they are both that length. So that's kind of where things are today. It's really like an AI ML engineer is more like a tinkerer of language than anything else as it stands today. And the other side of it is is like it's really easy, it's more straightforward than you would think to build something that does one very specific task really, really well. So we have, for example, like internal tools at search sites that are better than anything that exists on the public market right now at doing their thing. Hmm. Do we ever think that we would build anything that would even be anywhere close to something like a generic LLM, like a chat GPT? No. That's also why having ChatGPT do everything always exactly the way that you want it is insanely challenging to do, because you're basically asking it to be amazing at everything simultaneously. And I don't, I don't think the computational technology is there yet. We could talk about that, but that's pretty, like, that's pretty you know, detailed and in-depth, yeah. too.
0: Yeah, we're, we're back to that easy options again aren't we? So so you can take the easy option. You can say, write me 600 words about whatever it is, and you can copy paste it, do a little bit of editing, put it live, and it's probably boilerplate rubbish, right? Or you can spend hours and hours reiterating the prompt over and over and over again until you get exactly what you want. That's hard, right?
1: Yeah, it is hard. And I think another way that people underuse AI tools is for stuff that it is good at. So for content creation, for example, some things that we do is we can put a piece of content in there and then say, identify all the fluff and remove it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, yeah. like the old way of doing it, <laughs> yeah. right? yeah. won't yeah, be there. much left on yeah, some, yeah.
0: Some, some articles I've read.
1: Exactly. So what's the big challenge? The big challenge is word count is still a thing. And keyword frequency and density are still things. So how do you stop from doing this old and outdated way of like getting to the word count threshold that I'm looking for? And the answer is number one, you strip it down to what it is at search sites. We use a metric called value per word as a rule of thumb. Like if you're thinking in that way, you're in good shape. You still have to get to the word count, but you just can't do it through fluff. So you can use a chat GPT to literally remove fluff. And then you can say well what else am i supposed to be talking about then well number one use your experience use your expertise just like in the pharmacist example that we had number two you can literally paste in articles from the top 10 search results and say what are the subtopics what are the subcategories that are being discussed in this article and that can get you a nice list of additional helpful things and then number three is you need to know your customer and you need to or your client or whoever's on your website and you need to understand the questions that they ask. Yes, but then also the questions that they don't ask, but they actually need the answers to, which brings us back to what to expertise and brings us yeah. back to what to experience so yeah. the, to your exact point, John, there is no shortcut. Hmm. Shocker, there's no shortcut in life, in business, <laughs> whatever. But you can use these tools to generate scale and to process things way more quickly than what you can do individually. And that's really where the power is. AI is not replacing humans. AI will literally never replace humans in creating content because it, humans are like every other type of animal. As soon as it's overloaded with this one thing, we want the other thing. All of a sudden, as soon as factories are making pieces of furniture at a global scale, what do you think happens to the price of handmade furniture? Like, it's, it's the same sort of thing. How valuable do you think speaking from a place of humanity becomes when it's really easy to create something that looks like this other thing? So it always will swing back, and that's why it's, it's, there's not this, like, overwhelming concern about what the future looks like, but rather, like, how do we leverage the human parts of ourselves better?
0: Mm. Which kind of brings me under the question, if we look at the content in a very technical way, does that remove some of the creativity from it? And does that matter?
1: Great question. Ooh, these are some good questions. Um, I think you write from the heart and from a place of, you know, from that place first. And then I think there's technical components. And the most recent algorithm updates, which basically were, depending on who you ask, there were two or three in Q3 or four of last year, but they were all about content helpfulness. And one of the things that we noticed with all the ranking factors that we're monitoring is we saw a tremendous amount of what are called relevancy factors fall out of correlations. So let me, let me turn that not into gibberish, so relevancy is typically something that, at least the way that we model it internally at Search Tides, relevancy is basically your keywords plus your LSIs plus your entities. Keywords are what you're putting into Google plus anything that's bold in the meta description of the search results. LSIs, Lean Semantic Index. Those are words that are, you take the top 100 search results, you look for all the common words, you remove common language to, above, from, between, below, and then you have theoretically industry important words. And entities are just officially sub-recognized topics within a larger topic. So if we're talking about sports, an entity would be National Football League, it would be uh, rugby would be an entity, teams, owners, players, all those things would be entities. So if you think about them in a basket, we would call them relevance, or we do. I don't know if we should, but we do. So those are all called relevance. In the most recent algorithm updates, we have never seen more ranking factors that are relevance-based drop out of being correlated to the search results, which means... One of two things. So what it actually means is they're theoretically there. If you do these things that no longer correlates to you getting better rankings. That's basically what that says. And that means one of two things. Number one, it means everyone is doing these. So if you do them, you don't get better rankings because you just you're at the level of the bar. The second option is these things are no longer important. And so the answer is typically a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. And so what is replacing that? Well, that's helpfulness. That's expertise. That's experience. That's writing from the human component. And so I think if I had to choose one thing to get really good at, it would be that writing from the heart, writing in my human experience, as opposed to getting really good at optimizing keywords on a page, because one of them is a lot easier to get good at than the other one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um,
0: so, so when do people tend to come to you? When do people tend to like hire an SEO expert? What, what, what is that point? Has it all gone like tits up? And like,
1: we're like, it's <laughs> I don't know what we did. I think Ooh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good question. So I think like Search Tides is an information hub for all things SEO, all things search, all things content. Um, I can answer a question from the agency side first. We have an agency arm the agency side of things people come to us when they are typically either having good results and you know search and organic search is a good channel for them and they want to make it a really good channel or they want to up it and they're thinking about things in terms of like reinvestment and doubling down that's typically where someone's going to see the best type of results or people used to have really good results and now they don't really have good results and they want to get back to this point that they know they're capable of So those are typically like what we see on the agency side in terms of just in terms of like Info Hub and content and things like that. It's anyone who is tangentially touching anything that has to do with Google. And in a year from now, we will be having an identical conversation about how to. GPT models recommendation engines and all those things where my prediction and I honestly like this is not even for us it's not even an exciting prediction it's so clear and obvious it's like we will be using different GPT solutions for many different types of searches in our life and the new SEO will be getting across the board LLMs to recommend you and we already have some understandings. And some success on making that happen with, like, ChatGPT and making that happen with, like, Google SGE, so their search generative experience. And we have a good understanding of what that's going to look like in the future. But, John, you were referencing the Wild West days of, like, the Mm -hmm. 90s. The actual prediction, which is the fun one, is all this stuff with LLMs and GPTs, that's going to become the new Wild West of the internet because it's going because these models are in their infancy so they're going to have glaring discrepancies where if you do this one thing or these 10 things it's going to disproportionately value you the same way that google did when it came out yeah. so that'll be a fun thing for us and that's kind of like what we're looking forward to
0: never gets boring does it
1: yeah it turns out
0: (laughs) (laughs) um greg it's fascinating i could chat for you for like another hour on this i really could um where can can we find you where can we find search tides and website social all that
1: yeah searchtides.com you can find us on linkedin we're search tides on youtube we're search tides Um, i would recommend if you want to just get hooked into this stuff passively sign up for our newsletter sign up to follow us on social media. If you've heard stuff that you're like, yeah, we, this is exactly what we need to get better at. And we feel, and you're not start, like we don't really work with beginners or intermediaries. We're like, we, we're we working in, on the agency side with uh, with more sophisticated partners. If that's somebody, you know, if that's someone who's like, yeah, this is me, you can get in touch with us on the agency side on our website. But I think for us, like our goal as a company is to just become the source of information in this industry and then also in the future evolutions of the industry, which is gonna be the world of LLMs and GPT models and things like that. And we have done so much stuff over the past few years that have just been reserved for us internally and reserved for our clients on the agency side. And we're like, ah. That's, that's like less fun than the alternative yeah. at this point. Yeah. So let's, let's open up the kimono. Let's bring a lot of stuff to the world and let's do it in a way where you can participate in whatever way you want to. And that's why I'm like, Hey, follow us on socials and get, you know, slide our email newsletter into your inbox a few times a week and just start learning from that. Um, cause we have a lot to say and we love hearing ourselves oh. speak. So it's a great mm-hmm. combination. And sometimes we say some stuff that actually makes sense. So maybe somebody picks up some value too. Absolutely. Yeah. Greg,
0: it's been fascinating chatting. Um, Thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for having me on, John. Always a good time to to kick it around. Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Greg for his time. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes. Give them a quick tap. If you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's absolutely everywhere. Uh, Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.